Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tavar Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. This Bike Life podcast is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, your source for the best bicycle shipping service and bike shipping boxes. Whether you're shipping for a trip or after a sale, whatever your shipping needs, Bike Flights makes it easy. Take advantage of Bike Flights convenient residential pickups and they'll come and get your shipment directly from your home or wherever you're staying. Visit BikeFlights.com forward slash warm showers for more information. Now on to the show. Welcome back to Bike Life. And today's guest found herself one morning in a traffic jam, wondering if this is it, running the hamster wheel in the middle of life. And that was the beginning of a full life transformation, which I know is going to inspire you on your own journey of transformation. So help me welcome Lorraine Lambert. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much for for having me on. It's a pleasure to chat to you. So tell us a little bit about where you're located to start. So um, I'm on the south coast of England, um, about two hours outside of London. Um, It's a beautiful seaside town and it's very, very lovely. Um, But I also like to, I love to travel and I love to see the world. It's always great to come home um, to where I live, but it's fantastic to see other places as well. Mm. Yes, I love that. And I know that this is kind of an interesting time. It's evening for you. It's afternoon for me. But you have your bags packed. You are getting ready to depart first thing tomorrow morning on a new bike tour. Let's talk a little about that. I'm actually really excited. I think because of because of the whole situation in the world at the moment, um, big tours haven't been possible. So what I've discovered is the joy of sort of joy of mini cycle tours. Um, so we have a whole new route near where I live that that takes in the really ancient parts of Britain. It starts in Winchester, which used to be England's really old capital, um, and under King Alfred. And it's a um, 220 mile loop, so about 400 kilometers of off road cycle. So it's it's a bit new for me as well. I'm used to on-road cycle touring. Um, it's due to be Britain, so it's going to be raining a lot for the next few mm-hmm. days. But I have my my waterproofs packed, and I've I've got four days of cycling through muddy fields and past Stonehenge, past Salisbury Cathedral, um, some beautiful ancient places, um, which I hope will make up for the rain starting tomorrow. Yeah, that sounds absolutely beautiful and a little chilly, but beautiful. (laughs) So this is your first time riding off of um, like paths. So did you have to like change out? Did you change out your tires? Did you make any additional equipment changes? Uh, so I've got a whole other bike. So um, usually when I go cycle touring, it's um, on my very faithful bike called Claude, who is a, who's a, um, a built for the road. Um, but this is my mountain bike. So it's it's a whole different way of traveling. You have to strap things on a little bit firmer because of all the bumps and the rocks. Um, and But yes, otherwise it's the same. It's a little harder going, but you tend to do less miles. Um, it's just a different way of seeing the world, which which yeah. really appeals. 
Yeah, that sounds really interesting. And are you traveling with um, someone or are you traveling solo? So so this time I have three people with me. I've got my partner who um, is very long suffering and I've actually introduced to cycle touring. Um, mm-hmm. And he says he loves it, whether, whether he means that by the time we get back. Um, is a whole other thing. And two other friends um, who, uh, one I know quite well, one I don't know at all. So it's going to be a real adventure for the four of us. Um, but but I love that. I, I like traveling on my own, but I also like traveling in company. Yeah, a good balance of the both. So let's go back to that day, the day that you were sitting in a traffic jam and you wondered uh, if this was it, if this hamster wheel of this jam up of life was all that there is, you know, take us back to that day and tell us what happened. It's, I I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that, but I was, I was, I was in my late thirties. It's about eight years ago now. And I'd been doing a similar job as a social worker for a very long time with all its stresses and strains and frustrations. And I'd been making a really long commute um, the traffic was always horrendous. Um, I always got home tired and grumpy. And I would sit in the same traffic jam every day to go and sit in the same office, have the same frustrating conversations with people and systems. And, and I just got to thinking, is this it? I'm, I'm hopefully less than halfway through my life. And I just want something more out of it. Um, and what I really knew is I wanted my life to change, but I had no idea what that change looked like. Um, but I did know that only I could make that change happen. And it wasn't going to be a small change. It wasn't just a, do I change my job? Um, do I go on holiday? Do I get a pet? It was, I wanted something big. And I sort of started figuring in that traffic jam that the only way that a big change will happen is if I kind of made it, if I throw everything up in the air. So pretty much that day, what I did is I went in and I handed in my notice. Um, mm. I rented out my house for an entire year. Um, so within about a week, I'd made myself jobless and homeless and nothing is inspiring to have an adventure like the fact that you have no job and no home. So it's like, right, I really, I have to go do this now. I really have to do it. Um, I still had no idea really what I wanted to do, but luckily at that sort of time, a friend of mine was just taking off on a really short cycle touring trip. Now I I could ride a bike, but I'd never cycle toured. But she was going and she had spare kit and spare bike. So I I jumped on board. I went with her and we we went over to France um, and we rode along some beautiful flat canal paths and we drank wine and we stayed in lovely B&Bs. And it was going really well for about uh, a week. Um, and then unfortunately, her dad got ill and she had to fly home really quickly and left me in France. And I had a bike and I had she took all the maps with her and I didn't have a clue, but I just thought, this is what I wanted. I wanted an adventure. And I was really uncomfortable. I was terrified, in fact. But I was going to tough it out. And I did. I, I went off the canal path and I actually ended up riding through the Pyrenees, a big range of mountains. And it was wonderful. It was terrifying. I met some fantastic people. And it was only about a week. Um, but I made it to my my destination, sort of final airport. And what I had then was a sense of, oh, my gosh, I absolutely love traveling this way. I love that being on a bike can give you so many possibilities and you can see so many things. So I had my adventure. Um, I was going to go cycle touring. What I didn't have was any stuff or a place to go. Um, Luckily um, for me, I'd a little while back, I'd been to Toronto in Canada for a couple of weeks and I absolutely fallen in love with Canada. I really enjoyed it out there. And I thought, I really want to go back. There's a lot of Canada to see. 
Um, so I will buy a ticket to Toronto and I will go to the other side of Canada, which turned out to be Vancouver. I have to say at this point, I really had no idea how big Canada was. I think when you come from the UK, <laughs> everywhere is relatively small. You can get to right. it fairly easily. Yes. I just had no concept of how big a country Canada was. I just thought point A on the map and point B, there's a few inches in between. How hard can it be? <laughs> so, so I'd solved the problem of what I was going to do. I solved the problem of where I was going to go. That gave me about two weeks before I flew out to just get kit. So I eBay became my friend. I bought a rusty secondhand bicycle from eBay for about £60, which is probably about $100 um, it, that mostly worked. I, I bought a secondhand tent. I got some panniers and some cooking gear. Um, then I wrapped it up in a great big plastic bag, went to the airport, and about 12 hours later, I landed in Toronto. Um, yeah, I was absolutely clueless. Wow. 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 There's so much in there. <laughs> you, okay. I, I don't want to interrupt you. I want you to keep going. So tell us what happened after you got to Toronto. When I got to Toronto, um, I'd arranged to stay with some friends for a couple of weeks just so I could do a little bit more planning. Um, because I, I really had no concept of route. Um, so what I did is I went down to the local bookstore and I bought a road atlas and I thought, well, Toronto to Vancouver, I don't need the whole of the East Coast. So sorry, East Coast. I tore out the East Coast of Canada and then I got a highlighting pen and I just highlighted the roads that I thought might be good to cycle down. Um, so every page of the atlas had like orange highlighter on it all the way to Vancouver. Um, uh, so I've bought a few other bits and pieces. I learned how to maybe change an inner tube um, on my bike and then I just thought if I don't go now, I'm never going to go. So I set a date and got on my bike. And the first day was probably the hardest. It was it was incredible. I was absolutely terrified. I was shaking like a leaf when I cycled off down the road, so much so that my whole bike was just wobbling. Um, mm. The bike was incredibly heavy. I had so much stuff on it and I had no idea of how to ride it. So I was wobbling all over the place. I was actually riding on the left hand side of the road because I've forgotten that you ride on the right. Um, mm. So that was a really good start. Mm. And I just wanted to cry and I wanted to turn back. But I didn't turn back because I just, my friends were watching and they were waving and the idea of looking like an idiot was more overwhelming than the idea of keeping going. And I just did, I just pedaled um, and I got a bit further and a bit further um, and the road started to open up and day one started. Um, it was, it, looking at it on the map, it felt like an impossible trip but actually this is what I love about cycling is day after day I'd inch a little bit further across the map to the point where it was easier to carry on than it was to turn back and mm. week after week I'd get through another page of the map I'd get through Ontario and Manitoba and Saskatchewan um, Alberta till eventually um, about 5,000 kilometers later I landed up in BC in British Columbia and Vancouver and I'd done it I'd, I'd done my whole map Wow. How long was that? That took me about two months. So I was cycling on average, maybe I tried to do at least 100 kilometers a day, but up to 150 kilometers um, a day. So Beautiful. it was, um, there was no reason for that. I just sort of got into a rhythm and, and that was how it was. Do you feel that those two months were some of the bigger transformational periods of time in your life to date? Absolutely. It's, um, it, it taught me so much. Um, 
I, so many highs and lows. I think I'm probably it's still an experience that I'm processing because every day could be utterly different, and you could go from being in the depths of despair and really quite physically and mentally worn out to being incredibly uplifted by an encounter with strangers, something lovely happening, a beautiful sunset. Um, and, and so the emotional roller coaster was was massive. And I, it's, it's taken me a long time to actually process that. What it also teaches you as well is to be incredibly self-reliant. So when I'm out there on the road on my own, um, I have to deal with everything from making decisions about directions um, to fixing problems with the bike as they go along, to finding somewhere to camp for the night, to putting my tent up, to um, making and cooking food at the end of the day when you're tired. So the the skills that you learn are massive. Um, But yes, it's an experience that I couldn't repeat even if I wanted to. But that's what I love about cycle touring is that every, every trip is unique. And that for my first one, I think probably blew me away. When was that? So that was about eight years ago now. um, And I've been touring ever since. It was also the first thing that introduced me to warm showers. So luckily, before I left Toronto, a friend um, told me about it. And I couldn't believe there was this community out there that that you could just roll up at their house and have a bed for the night. Um, I used it. I, I probably stayed with about a dozen hosts going across Canada. And all were absolutely unique, all were amazing. I think not everybody that I stayed with was a cyclist, but probably the thing that they had in common was their curiosity about the world and their sort of passion for the place that they lived in. So I was really lucky in that they would introduce me to their hometown in a way that I would never fit in otherwise. They'd help me with sort of mechanical problems, but also um, we'd, we'd share lots of sort of personal stuff as well. And I would have to say that I'm, I've stayed in contact with pretty much everyone that I stayed with on that trip because they were so supportive and lovely and I think that when you're a tired cyclist when you're on your own and you're lonely um, and you're you're trying to make all these decisions on your own actually having somewhere to aim for at the end of the day is just like a port in a storm knowing there's going to be a friendly face there with a cup of tea or some food and an actual warm shower um, I don't think I could have done it without those stops because they really revived me both physically and mentally. Um, and yeah, I absolutely love it. Yeah. So that was, that sounds like that was an amazing trip. And thank you so much for sharing that story. It it feels, you know, I, I can feel how much that, you know, transpired for you and transformed you. Today's episode is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment, and you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every Bike Flights shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009 and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. From then until now, have you, like when you came back, did you go back to work? Did you continue to seek adventure? Like what what took place after this big transformational across Canada <laughs> cycle tour? 
I think that when, when you have a big experience, it, it's quite a hard thing to adjust to normal life. My my original trip was to, or decision was to end in um, Vancouver. But when I got to Vancouver, I kind of didn't feel that I was ready to stop. So um, instead of stopping and doing something else, I, I still had a lot of time left on my year out. So I decided to carry on. So from Vancouver, I hopped across to Vancouver Island and then rode down the west coast of the US, um, finally finishing on the on the Mexican border in San Diego when I was absolutely knackered. And it was mm. definitely time to finish. Um, a, a completely different trip in some ways, but a, a, a sort of a bookend to the start. Um, I wouldn't say I discovered any... I think at the beginning of the trip, I was waiting for a big revelation about life and that that certainly didn't come. But what did was a massive sense of confidence and self-reliance and maybe an appreciation of what I had before that I hadn't realized. So my intention when I'd finished the trip was to come home and have a complete career change. Um, I actually decided I was going to be a cycle mechanic um, which was a really bad idea because I'm absolutely rubbish at panicking. <laughs> um, so I came back and, and and it was about sort of trying to find a different path. And for me, it turned out not to be a career in cycle mechanics. And there'll be a lot of people breathing a sigh of relief at that. <laughs> but it was looking at the industry I worked in before. And I actually, I, I switched from working for local government to going into the um, voluntary and non-profit sector. And that was, that was utilizing my skills. But I think also I was able to bring a lot of the experiences that I had while I was touring on there an understanding of empathy um, and anxiety and pushing boundaries and and that was something that was really good to bring to back to work um, I would have to say mm. that in life I, I wouldn't consider that I'm a brave person doing this I'm not um, I'm not somebody that that takes lots of um, big risks I'm when I was in my teens, I went through a, a period of extreme anxiety. And for me, at that point, probably leaving the house was something that really, really challenged me. Um, but what I did at that point, too, is I started setting myself little goals. So I would uh, one day I would walk to the gate and then the next day I would walk to the shop. And then the next day I would try and set a goal of just sort of walking that bit further. And in some ways, the, the process of cycling across Canada and the cycle touring it was very, very similar to that. It was about goal setting. It was about feeling very afraid to do something, but actually going out there and doing it anyway. And once you've done that and you've accomplished it, you know that you can do so much more. Yeah, the resiliency piece. The resiliency piece carries over in all aspects of life, relationships, you know, everything that we do. And I truly, truly honor, you know, your sharing and your your vulnerability to acknowledge that we we can do hard things. It is possible to do hard things. And you listened to that little voice inside of you that wanted to do something differently and and now you're of service. Now you're working not that you weren't of service before, but now you're of service in a different way. And do you feel like that you have been able to create more balance from the hamster wheel? Absolutely. One of the big decisions I, I took when I came back and I've stuck to ever since is that, that I, what I needed was a, a, a balance between life and work. And cycling was something that I very much wanted to remain a part of my life, as well as doing um, other volunteer projects. So I made a commitment to working enough days a week that I could um, have enough money to live on, but 
that was all I needed. So I actually am very lucky in that I work about three days a week now and I have done ever since. So I really enjoy the days that I have at work, but equally, I very much enjoy the time that I have off um, using it to do a lot of other things. And for me, that's a much, much better balance. So I've not reached um, another traffic jam moment again, fortunately. Um, So I've been able to do a lot of traveling, but also really enjoying my work in a way that I wasn't before. So it's been a good process and a good balance now, I think. In a way, do you look back to that traffic jam day um, with gratitude that it, it was a catalyst to change? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'd, I think given the choice, I would go through it again because it, it just kicked off so many things happening. Um, and yes, I mean, and a lot of those things challenged me in lots of different ways. But I think it's also made me a stronger, more resilient, more confident and a happier person because of it. So what I would say is that if anybody there has your 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 adventure, whatever it is, doesn't have to be cycling across Canada. Um, your your adventure can be anything, but um, f- sitting with that fear um, and pushing those boundaries um, is really really worthwhile. Um, something that that came up a lot when I was cycling um, was that I was a woman traveling on my own, and I'd throughout the course of a day I would stop and speak to a lot of people. Um, and they were all lovely and they were all very encouraging. Um, and almost everyone, um, particularly women, were sort of quite stunned. Sort of, aren't, aren't you afraid? Aren't you scared um, being a woman on your own? Aren't you more vulnerable? And I have to say, I'd, I'd never never thought about it like that. But the trouble is, the more people that say to you, well, it's, it's really risky doing this as a woman, you start to sort of take that on board. Um and funny enough, I'd, I'd run into lots of other cyclists going the sensible direction, not into the wind. And um, hmm. they they were mostly men. And I'd, I listened to people talking to them and they were saying, oh, you're having this great adventure. And then they turned to me and say, well, it's very risky being being female. And hmm. I was sort of looking at it thinking, what's the difference here? And it was something I spent quite a bit of time analysing because I had a lot of time riding on the bike each day. And, and I looked at the things that were maybe a risk to me or a danger and and to be honest, they were things that were a risk or a danger to anyone who was doing it. And that was things like um, the weather, um, illness, um, the traffic or, or bears. Um, but they, they were all things that were going to be an issue to whether you were male or female. And it, it really was people's sort of perceptions. So I think um, along the way, that's sort of what I wanted to do was try and inspire um, other women particularly to... Um, Yes, you acknowledge the risks in what you're doing, but it, it's not more risky being female and and being out mm-hmm. there. And I know a lot of other wonderful adventurous women who are out there doing um, far greater things. And it's that possibility is there. So it's it's it. Yes, it's looking at the risks, but actually, as we've said before, it's it's life is about sort of taking risks. It's, it's facing whatever your fear is and pushing your boundaries a little bit further to get so much more out of life. Yeah, you you share information that's super important, and I'm sure that a lot of people can relate and get sort of that quickening of their pulse feeling at the idea of actually following through on where adventure calls them, because I think that we all have that in us in different ways, and I love that you have shared it in a way that makes it possible, like one step at a time, one day at a time, and do you... Do you share your story? I believe you have a do you have a blog or a website? I do have a blog and I have actually written about the the stories in a book that um that is also on the the website. So um the book is called How to Cycle Canada the Wrong Way. 
um, uh, the wrong way refers to the the wind direction. One of the the many things that I hadn't realised because I was very clueless, obviously, when I started, is that every country has a prevailing wind direction. As never something that it even entered my head. And in um, in sort of um, the US and Canada, the wind is blowing from the west. Now, obviously, if I'm cycling from Toronto to Vancouver, I am cycling directly into the wind for the entire journey. Um, mm. It was a bit of an issue, I have to say. Um, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. Um, but it, it was it was interesting. I ran into some motorbikers and they said that when they were doing the journey going from east to west, they used about a third to half more fuel, which probably gives you an idea of how tough going it was. Um, uh. I, I had... Uh, yeah, the wind was something, as I said, that I hadn't thought about. Um, I did have several tantrums when you were just constantly cycling into a headwind. But again, this was part of my learning curve because I can't do anything at all about the wind. And the wind would pick up at a certain time each day and it would blow against me and I would fight against it to the point it's like, I can't fight the wind. The wind is going to be there. So I can either stop cycling or I can just learn to slow right down and accept it. Um so that was that that was certainly a lesson in accepting what you can't change mm-hmm. and just having the odd tantrum just because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a great lesson to learn. And do you look up wind direction now before you plan your tours? I'd really like to say yes, but I really don't. I think that <laughs> just pretty much if there's somewhere I want to go, I will go there. And a bit like the the tour we're going on tomorrow, it's going to be wet. There's going to be wind. Um, and if you talk to any cyclists, even the cyclists I was chatting to in Canada who were all coming the other way, they'd experienced um, wind as well. You can't get away with it. It's part of part of what you do. So it is learning to love the wind um, and to go with it. Yeah. And I one thing that I really like that you mentioned to me when we chatted before the show was you like to take off from your front door. You like to like leave from your front door. So that's your plan tomorrow, right? Is you're packed, you're going to load up your bike and you're literally going to leave from your home. Yes. Um, I, I have to say, I'm going to cheat a bit. There's a, a short drive um, to get there to the start, but it's a, it's a loop and it's very close to where to where I live and that's that's something I've kind of discovered the joy of so while I had an absolutely fantastic time cycling in Canada and the US I've also cycled in Chile and Argentina and various places but during the last year when things have been so restricted I've really discovered the joy of of just leaving from your front door and I, I've done a few shorter cycle tours and there's something lovely about pushing your bike into the road shutting your front door and knowing you'll be back there in a few days time and um, I'd, I've probably done a lot more in my own country than I ever would have. So that, that's been something that's been really positive from the last year. I think a lot of us have, as things changed in last year, just taking advantage of the opportunity of what's around us while travel was a little restricted. So I think that's a really great way to keep your foot, keep your toe dipped in the water, right? Keep your toe dipped in the water. Well, listen, Lorraine, thank you so much. Your site is cyclinginaskirt.co.uk. We're going to put that link in the show notes so people can find you, find your book, find your blog. And do you have any social media handles that you would like people to connect with you? Uh, I think mostly through the blog, which is cyclinginaskirt.co.uk. So it's, that's always a good place to, to contact me and um, yes, to read more about the trip and, and the book. But um, yes, I, I would just encourage anybody who is thinking of an adventure to stop thinking and to go out there and do it, you will have such an experience. 
Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate you sharing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for those that are listening, make sure that you check out the link in the show notes. And thank you, Lorraine. Thank you so much for being here and share the show if you love it. And you know, we will be back soon. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. This episode of Bike Life Podcast was brought to you by BikeFlights.com, your source for the best bicycle shipping service and bike shipping boxes. Check out their boxes from the small to the large, which is suited for any type of bicycle, whether it's a children's bike, medium-sized bike, fully assembled bike, e-bike, and any other type of gear that you have. Go to BikeFlights.com forward slash warm showers in order to check out the boxes and book your next shipment. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.